Welcome to Best Picture This, where it is always Oscar season. I'm Mike. And I'm Brian. In this show, we reevaluate every Best Picture nominee from the 21st century and decide whether to keep it or kick it from its Oscar pedestal. And today is the ultimate keeping and kicking ceremony, the end of our series on the films of 2006, where we look back at the year that was, put on our kicking boots, and <laughs> unveil our top fives of the year. Brian, are your boots laced up tight? They are ready to kick as many as possible. Are they like hiking boots or military? Are they steel-toed is what I'm wondering um, here. I've seen some nice uh, tan work boots at Walmart with steel toes. I'll go with Walmart steel-toed boots. All right, I like how you have this thought out. You yeah. have the color picked out and everything. <laughs> All right, good to know. In 2006, the nominees for Best Picture were The Queen, Babel, Little Miss Sunshine, Letters from Iwo Jima, and the big winner, The Departed. Coming up in our finale show, we'll reorder those five. We'll ask each other some questions, talk trivia. We will reveal our own top fives, and then maybe we'll kick some other Oscars off their pedestals. Mm-hmm. So reordering the top five. You ready? Yeah. Let's go right into it. All right. I'm going to go actually top to bottom instead Whoa, of bottom you're going to top. one to five? I am. This is revolutionary i know for best picture this so, history <laughs> my number one movie of 2006 was little miss sunshine uh then letters from iwo jima of the oscar nominees. of the oscar nominees okay number two letters from iwo jima number three the queen number four the departed and number five babel and i will say that babel as number five it's pretty darn good number five i actually really really like the movie um it's not going to make my top five for the year, but compared to some of the other fives, which were like, oh, that's an easy boot. I don't even like that movie at all. This one is quite impressive. And um, so I would say, you know, 06, even though I don't think that overall it's like the strongest year, mm-hmm. considering that those five are all pretty darn good, I would say maybe it is a good year. A pretty solid five. Yeah. yeah. I, mine, obviously is completely different of course than your than your five and i'm gonna go five to one because i need to okay. build suspense you know okay, this is fine. showbiz baby so my number five is Babel. i'm with you on okay. on that one we agreed yep it was a pretty firm five for me, me but too. from here on out honestly it was a firm five but again i like it i go little miss sunshine number four mm-hmm. incorrect letters from iwo jima number three <laughs> the queen number two and then good old marty scorsese with the departed mm-hmm. as my number one of the year very good um, I, you know, I couldn't, I can't really fault you that much. I don't think that they're like a huge separation really. Yeah. Some of these, I, I didn't either. And I think that that's kind of a running theme that we'll probably talk about more, yeah. even as we do our personal top fives. And maybe that's just a 2006 thing, but, um, I actually, actually, let me, let me ask you my question. Cause yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to talk around, around this topic. So mm-hmm. did you hit a point in making your personal top five list where the way you were ordering them started to feel kind of random you know, almost like it didn't really matter. You could have put your, you know, your, your three is your two or your two is your three. And if that is the case, is that because there are so many great 2006 or that there are just a lot of very good movies, but maybe not a whole lot of special ones. Yeah. I was thinking because as always, I feel like I'm taking an embarrassingly long time <laughs> ordering my movies. Yeah. The considering how low the stakes are, <laughs> I know. I'm like agonizing looking over the list one more time. Well, what if this type was number one, mm-hmm. then what would the other ones be? Yep. Um, but sometimes is, you need to order them just to see yeah, how you feel I know. with them in that <laughs> position. You're like, no, no, this is all wrong. Um, but yeah, I think that you're sort of, I, I think, 
ordering them, it's an exploration in art appreciation, art criticism for me, understanding the art, what makes it um, original, what makes it lasting. Um, and so I, I do think that it's good. It's a good exercise, um, no matter how low the stakes are, to kind of think through art, because I think it can help to understand how you appreciate any other art, you know, mm-hmm. just by just by doing that. Um, and so I guess I'll ask my question to you based on um, these, uh, which is kind of similar, like how do you order them? Um, my, I think that one of the, uh, one of the key factors for me this year was characters. Okay. You know, I, and I, I'm thinking again, I've read a lot of um, Harold Bloom in the past several months, which is uh, one of the great Shakespeare critics. Uh, he died a few years ago, but, um, and he talks incessantly about character and like creating um, a human being essentially mm-hmm. on paper and how, um, and, and I guess that's one reason why the departed slipped down for, to me was I didn't, I wasn't as you know engrossed by some of the characters in that movie as I yeah. was in some of the other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I'm wondering, well, I'll turn the tables back to you. Like what, if character was kind of like one driver for me, what, what was a driver for you to reorder them? I think that it's unique for each movie. Yeah. You know, if I really connect with a character, then that kind of builds that emotional connection I have to it. But um, the next movie I might, I might just vibe with, but was, with its mood. But it, was there a theme this year that you overall, felt like you had to sort of no. judge them based on one thing or another? Not really. No. I mean, through my five, it, it's a pretty wide swath. Yeah. You know, one where I feel like this is a mood piece. One is like, this is pure directing movie that, you know, mm-hmm. it's like a style thing. Um, yeah, it's a tough one. And, and I kind of felt that sort of randomization of, of my list, like at the number four mark. Mm-hmm. My one through three, I thought... This is set. I think this is. I think which I feel one was good. number two again for you? Was the Queen I mean two? my personal? Yeah, yeah. My personal your, your top personal five. top five. It was the Departed, and then what? You're talking about how we rank the Oscars. These Oscar ones. Yes. Yeah, I did the Departed and the Queen. Okay, yeah. but I'm talking about in my personal top fives, right. which we haven't gotten down into yet. I know. Um, I know. one through three, I was like, all right, maybe on a different day, two and three could swap, but this is my three. I yeah. feel good about that. Four and five. I can go down to my nine and ten, and yeah. on a different day, I can make a case that they should be in the in that spot, and I wouldn't feel terrible about it. So, Me too. That's how I felt about like four other movies that didn't make my top yeah, five. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then it kind of makes you challenge, like, what what's the criteria that the Academy is using for these, and you know what makes me so quick to disqualify this mm-hmm. one, and that one feels like more Oscar worthy, whatever that term you know means. I feel like there are times when I am kind of dismissive of a movie because one thing throws me out of it Uh and then it kind of ruins the whole thing. And I feel like that's something that is not really great. You know, I'm not saying, I don't think that's a good thing, but it does seem to happen a lot. Like there's a really, really weak line of dialogue that I'm like, it it kind of, it just breaks the spell. And Mm. then it's hard for me to get back into it after, for quite a while after that. Sometimes like click has maybe one bad line and the rest <laughs> is like a 10 out of 10. Yeah. You would agree. It has like one bad half of the movie. <laughs> it has like one bad 25 <laughs> minutes. Okay. It's not the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> they were bad enough to walk out of the theater, but you know, but I'm, I think I'm more forgiving of that. I, like, think, I, I think that, yeah. I think that, um, 
certain what what some people would call flaws or certain you call charming in sometimes yeah but i th- i think the academy especially if you have certain things in your movie you know like horror you're just not even considered because it's like that's kid stuff yeah and the queen that now that's a serious film it is. like that's the kind of thing that should be in a top 5 i think that i am quick to dismiss because of a weak moment and you are forgiving and if a movie you've said this before essentially if something has a very high high, mm-hmm. then you're, it seems like you're willing to overlook a lot in a movie yeah. because you reward the high high, just mm-hmm. like Revenge of the Sith is another good oh, one. Oh, man. I love her. These are in, I, I want to see a list of Mike's <laughs> top five bad movies. Like click in Revenge yeah, of the Sith would like be in my, there. Like my top five questionables yeah. but that, that, I, that I would never get rid of, but they are, you know. <laughs> admittedly you can understand why they got like a 20 percent on rotten tomatoes <laughs> i can understand it i mean th- everyone else is wrong the 80 percent is wrong i've had but i get it i've had two movies in the last couple of years that are in my top five they got 40 percent. so i uh I'm, I'm guilty of the same thing sometimes yeah. rotten tomatoes you can you know grain of rice that's how much you can put some stock into that sometimes <laughs> trivia right. time trivia i have uh four points of trivia one is pirates of the caribbean dead man's chest which I think is Pirates 2. Yeah, yeah. It was nominated for four Oscars, mm-hmm. and it won Best Visual Effects. And I was wondering, why do you think it didn't get more than that? Why do I think it <laughs> Okay, this is a sarcastic <laughs> question. I'm like, oh boy. Um, but yeah. Let I, me count the ways. I, I was looking at this earlier, and it beat out uh, something else that I liked. Yeah, I got to pull up the list. Too. What was it? But Pirates of the Caribbean, um, was it art? Yeah, art direction. It, it it wins art direction. Yeah, I, I just don't are, understand hey, this, cool especially costumes. since we've already seen the Pirates of the Caribbean world. You it know, was nominated we for get it. sound editing, mixing. It won for visual effects. So visual effects, it beat um, Poseidon, which I never got around to. Yeah, and I didn't get around to Superman Returns either. So I guess I can't really justifiably kick that from anything. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, Pirates of the Caribbean. I, I don't think that this is a movie that we should be spending a whole lot of time on personally. <laughs> Personally, art direction, it was nominated, but Pan's Labyrinth won it. Okay, it was nominated along with Dreamgirls, The Good Shepherd, and The Prestige. Mm-hmm. And I guess I don't really understand how The Good Shepherd gets nominated for art direction. Yeah. I feel like if you're basically people wearing suits, you don't get a whole lot of points for that. Come on, yeah, it's I mean, maybe <laughs> throw him a costume, the special you... glass, you know, just the perfect glasses yeah. for Matt Damon. We as really he captured around. it, yeah. Um, okay, another trivia point. Will Smith, the revered. <laughs> yeah, go on. He met Jada Pinkett Smith. Oh, you don't want to. Keep we got that, both. Of you them. don't want to keep that name in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That's a mistake. Is he here? Is he here? <laughs> they met when she tried out for the role of his girlfriend on The Fresh Prince of Bel Air in 1990, mm. and uh, she did not get the part. But they Ooh. met, and it, look what it led to. The rest is history. It, it is. Um. Will Smith once stated that in his whole career, he regrets turning down one part the most. Neo from The Matrix. Neo. Has to be. Yeah. Can you imagine Will Smith as Neo? No. (laughs) It definitely feels like a very different movie. You know, it feels more winking with with him in it. Although, Will Smith can pull off serious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I will say that. For sure. So it would be interesting if he all of a sudden did that in 1999, Mm -hmm. um, fresh off the Fresh Prince, you know, vibes. 
Although, anyway, maybe a little late on Freshman's Vibes. The movie that he most regrets making was Wild Wild West. Yeah, yeah. His favorite movie was a movie that we have done a bonus episode on. <laughs> I love that this, this is just very, all Will Smith trivia. <laughs> yeah, that, this is it. Um, <laughs> I usually pick one that I, that, I, that I liked a lot that I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to warm you up to. Uh-huh. Um, his favorite movie... It's from 1957. Do you remember the movie we did a bonus episode on from that year? Was that Bridge? It is. And the River Kwai. That's, That's his favorite, his favorite movie. movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Perfect option. Interesting. All right. Let's do our personal top fives. Okay. I'm going to go first. Go ahead. All right. So I struggled more this year mm-hmm. with this exercise than in any other year that we've been doing this in show. Any other year. In any other year. You say that every time. Maybe I do. Yeah, I can, I can see me saying that every year. That seems about right. But just as a little spoiler, honorable mention, I had the Queen and I had Casino Royale as my number four and my number five. I put them in there in those spots as kind of placeholders early over. on. I felt like... This is weeks ago. <laughs> this was months ago. <laughs> I really like these movies. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I'm kind of waiting for something that I like better to kick them out. Yeah. And that never really happened. And so I was kind of going back and forth with like, okay, then I guess that means I should just keep them here, but I couldn't get myself feeling excited about it. And then that's when I go back to this whole, like, what makes a thing Oscar worthy? And we've kind of had this conversation a lot. You're not going to, you're not going to show. You're not going to get click. In there, I, right? I'm not, I'm not going to put click. Okay. In, in my five. Although Oof. I've been waiting to roast you on this for, <laughs> for a long time. I thought about it. <laughs> I know. I, I thought about that's it. why I had to roast. That's why I had to prepare some roasts. So the justification, I think, is sound, though, because if if I think of this list as like I'm keeping these five or ten movies, depending on if you're listening to the show or looking at my letterbox, um, and all the rest of the movies from that year get incinerated, yep. like which ones do I care to keep? See, this is a cat. This is a rule. Mm-hmm. I, I have also used that as a test to see which ones would I keep, which ones would I – therefore, the other way to talk about that is – which ones have more rewatchable rewards to them? Which ones reward you again on rewatching? Yeah, I, th- I, think I, I could see that. that there, there's some flaw to that, but, yeah. but I think that that can be a good way to, to, minim- to uh, eliminate But some. even taking the rewatch element out of it altogether, and you could even make the, the scenario even more ridiculous and say when these get incinerated, they get incinerated from your memories. They Whoa. never existed. Wow. You never had the experience. It's like you fast-forwarded through even watching that. <laughs> With a magical remote. Yeah, yeah. I got it. I got it. But I think that that is kind of a valid way to look at it because, you know, what experience is adding something more unique to your life? Mm -hmm. Something like Click that I kind of have a weird fascination with and I sort of like arguing about or The Queen, which I have respect for, but I'm not excited about keeping. So anyway, all of those things aside, Darren Aronofsky's The Fountain is my number five. Hmm. This movie is bonkers crazy. I watched this, so I, and we have never talked about this. We have so never talked about it. I'm glad that you that let's you watched it. Let's get into it. it. Yeah, yeah. So, biblical themes. Yep. Time travel, space. There's multiple narratives that are separate but are kind of aligned and they overlap. And there's like a ton going on here, and it feels like a something to prove movie to me, especially after um, his two early micro budget releases. This one's like the 35 million. It's like. I'm I'm graduated now, you know, like I'm making art films. Phase two of Aronofsky. Yeah. And I think that that ambition peaks out sometimes, maybe a little bit too much 
to where it kind of feels more like an experiment than a cohesive mm-hmm. story. But I'm a sucker for big ambition. You know, you know this. You know <laughs> yes, this. I know. And even though this movie is nothing like a David Lynch film, I was thinking about Lynch a lot when I was watching this mm-hmm. because it runs on intuition instead of logic, emotional instead of literal truth. And I think if you can get on the same wavelength with something like that, there's just an ethereal quality that you don't get in kind of a more straightforward story. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I've kind of lived, this movie I've lived with for like 16 years now. It's kind of always been in my head. Mm-hmm. And I didn't love every minute of it, but I think that, that that matters more than just that I think the Queen is more structurally sound or whatever. Yeah, yeah the Queen is certainly a more polished product mm-hmm. um, and more sound in, in a lot of ways. But I did also appreciate the ambition of that movie. Um the it it swings you around so far you know yeah. from like you know he's like a conquistador um Hugh Jackman's character you don't know why how that's in any way connected to you know he's having this you know his wife Rachel played by Rachel Weiss they seem to have a really you know interesting tender relationship but she's sick and then he's in the he's he's making experiments as you know while he's also a surgeon and then he's like bald and floating through space you know in a bubble um, with, with the tree of the life tree, in the middle, which is like kind of also his wife. Yeah, it, it's it does throw you around a lot, and I don't. I, I actually that's what I also liked about the movie a lot. I couldn't really buy Hugh Jackman. Like, I don't know. There's something about his delivery that again it kind of threw me out, and it, oh, was, really? it was harder for me to like really get into it. And I think that actually, I I don't really. There, I don't know what I've seen Hugh Jackman in that I've really connected with him that much. Really, I like I'm trying him to remember. I'm trying to remember anything. Logan, I haven't actually seen Logan. Oh, well, there but you go. but in general, like <laughs> that's the one with, that you with X Men. Oh, okay, probably so. <laughs> um, but it's sometimes like the actor um, gives me a harder time than others. You know, that's why people have favorite actors, I guess. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway. the Greatest Showman. It's okay. It's it's good, but yeah. I didn't really. My, my wife loves it. I, <laughs> I didn't love his character. Um, the movie is fun, but uh, I like Zendaya more than Hugh Jackman. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Okay, yeah. Number um, four. Last thing about the yeah. fountain. I think the score should have been nominated, if not one, for for the music. Hmm. Love the music in it. My number four is The Descent. A little British horror film made for $3.5 million. There's that micro budget. We're talking about it again. And it's about this group of women who go cave diving shortly after one of them loses her husband and daughter in a car wreck. But once they're down in the caves, they realize they're not alone. And that's all I'll tell you plot-wise. I have not seen this, but I think I tried to track it down and couldn't. So you might have to let me borrow that if you have it. Yeah. Do you have it? Um, you know... I have this movie. I could not find it. I thought you said you you tried to you couldn't, and I couldn't get it. I think that time, one of my so. deadbeat friends I probably <laughs> let borrow. I used to be one of those, <laughs> <laughs> and they probably never got it back to me. So it's at the library. The ch- um, is it really? Huh? It is. It I'll is. have to check it out. But this movie, it's about grief and forgiveness and revenge, and it's full of claustrophobia, and it's intense and it's scary, and it's a creature feature. Mm-hmm. So it's like, is it Oscar worthy? I don't know. No, I guess if if we're just kind of going off of the traditional definition of whatever that I think, abstract notion is supposed to mean, mm-hmm. 
Go ahead. I think the point is not so much like, does this deserve an Oscar? Yeah. I think it's like, these are the these are my favorite five movies of the year. So yeah. like, whether it's Oscar worthy, I think, I mean, some of these are going to be more niche. So oh, yeah. we understand that. And the Oscars are by definition, just because there's so many voters out there, they're going to be tend toward mainstream interests. Yes. And that's, that's just the nature of it. Cause there's so many. Um, but that's, what's interesting about hearing your, your top five. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, a lot of hat tips to the evil dead in this movie. Mm-hmm. There's even a really important apocalypse now one, and it is a creature feature, but I think it's a really good one. And it's got an all female cast, but these are all like very capable women None of them are dumb or hypersexualized for no reason. They just happen to be women, and they're, it's working through kind of relationship problems. But it's got this ending that I love because it it's played as this kind of very victorious moment. But I just read it as total sarcasm, hmm. and that just gives it such a you you end on this on this really bittersweet note, which I sort of love. So, is calling it a creature feature actually a spoiler? Um, yeah, <laughs> but you know they're not alone. Nice, they're not alone in the case. Real nice, so. Uh, yeah, you knew going in. My number three is Pan's Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. We did a whole episode on this one. Um, I think that its resistance to definition is what makes it great. You know, mm-hmm. those contrasts between reality and and fantasy and beauty and horror, all that stuff going on, and it kind of how that plays into what Del Toro is trying to say about storytelling. Love it. Number two, Children of Men. This is the most technically accomplished mm-hmm. movie of the year. I think that's safe to say, and so it should have won for cinematography. What's yeah. that about? Emmanuel Lubezki. He's a master. Maybe he should have won for Best Director. Maybe. Maybe. My number one is The Departed. Um, for a change, the Oscars got it right here <laughs> because I agree um, <laughs> that it's the only Scorsese movie to win Best Picture or to win him a Best Director is pretty dumb. But <laughs> it's just, it's pulpy and funny. And when I was thinking about, about it later, I just think that it's sort of, it's kind of this showpiece for a bunch of Hollywood legends mm-hmm. who just like do their own specific thing for two and a half hours. Jack Nicholson is like, oh, people like when I just like go big and crazy. Like, I'll just do that. <laughs> and Chris says he's just doing his high style thing. And DiCaprio is really explosive. Mm-hmm. And man, it's so much fun. Like, I just I love this movie. Mm-hmm. It rules. Very good. My number one of the year. Awesome. Um, the Departed is definitely like there's movies that I would say I watch that and I'm happy to put it on the donate back to the library pile. (laughs) Um, this is not one of those. Like I definitely could see myself watching this again, maybe in like 10 years after this show has sunsetted after we get through all the Oscars in 10 years. Yeah. yeah, Something like that. Um, so yeah, this one I'll definitely keep in, keep in the pile. I'm, I think that it's something that probably the first half I would appreciate more after watching the second half. Mm. Um, knowing kind of where he's going. I find that that's also something that hangs me up on a lot of movies as well as a lot of novels that I s- s- try to read hmm. that I I think that it's going somewhere because of the first page or the first five minutes when and the title. And then it goes in another direction and I'm trying to be patient, but sometimes I have a short attention span when I think it's going somewhere else and I think is this actually just a flawed movie because they're setting me up for the wrong things or is that okay? And and I think that um, it, I felt like it took a long time to figure out what the departed was doing. 
Um, but again, yeah. maybe I watch it again and it would be a different experience. But I know you loved it from the from day one. So yeah, and, and I, I love know. when a movie has misdirection and keeps yeah. me wondering, like, so, so what kind of movie is this again? Like, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times when you watch a movie, when you when you know where it's going, you can still have a good time with it. But there's just a straight line element. There. I was the whole time I was thinking this seems like a dirty jeans movie, movie. and it's actually a clean jeans clean movie. Jeans, yeah. I don't I don't yeah. get this. <laughs> Um, I, <laughs> I watched, uh, the beginning of taxi driver. Like I, a lot of times I'll just, you want to hear the saxophone. I'll sit well that too. Mm-hmm. I'll sit in my daughter's room while she's fa- trying to fall asleep. You watched taxi driver with your daughter? No. On Unedited? My, on my saying? phone, edited on my phone <laughs> while she was trying to fall asleep. Okay. And I was, cause I was like, where did I see Scorsese doing this? You know, to me, that may be the great Scorsese taxi driver so where do i find you know the crossover there and i don't know there's something about again that character of travis bickle that is like so engrossing that i don't know anyway i'm not trying to beat up on the departed i did like it but it didn't make my top five i'll tell you a few um honorable mentions okay one of them is venus i have not seen venus venus is a I could throw it in my five at some sometimes, hmm. um, but Peter O'Toole was nominated for Best Actor. That's why I put it on my list. He's an old man. Uh, there's a lot of kind of like funny old man scenes, like he's got these you know grumpy old men friends, and there's a young woman who is like a live-in maid for one of them, and he has this really bizarre relationship with her. It's like he's kind of ogling her. He's like 80 and she's like 20 and you know that he's just like being like a dirty old man in his, he's trying to f- befriend her, almost groom her mm-hmm. and she knows what's going on. And it's just like, where does lust and comfort and love, they kind of like all intersect in weird ways. And it was really intriguing movie. Um, so anyway, I thought it was really good. I would, nice. wa- I would watch it again. Yeah, I It's a very strange relationship movie. Um, another one that you did not like, but I liked a lot was little children. Uh, I'm surprised. I thought I was going to make your five. Yeah, it didn't in the end. Uh, it definitely could. Again, it's not like it's necessarily worse. It just happened on this day. I kind of liked other ones a little bit more. Um, but, um, there's, I think that there's good acting throughout. Um, I read the characters as, um, being sympathetic and um, I know you didn't. We had a little. We had a little fight about this on Facebook Messenger or, face, mm-hmm. or Facebook. I'm not sure which one. Mm-hmm. Twitter. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but Jackie Earl Haley um, is a pedophile who moves into the the neighborhood, and um, it's directed by. And I always get it wrong. It's Todd Field. Todd Field. Not not Fields, right? But Field. Todd Field. Yeah. So this is his follow up to um, in the bedroom. In the bedroom, and so. Uh, that that made me immediately want to make sure I saw it. But um, there's this hopelessness in all these characters. They're in these mundane situations. But I think that there's quite a compelling tension that is is built up around here. And Jackie Jackie Earl Haley, um, he won best supporting, or he was nominated for best supporting actor in the movie. And the way his character kind of unfolds, like he's not even seen in the first half, and then later he becomes a bigger character. And I think that that's a a big surprise and it's really fascinating how you have some sympathy for him even in the, in the movie. So I think it was a a very sharp movie. Also 
there's this voiceover. Yeah. And very literary, detached, not a character that we ever see. Weird. Yeah, it's really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jennifer Connelly is a documentary filmmaker. And I kept, it made me think about that. Why is this voiceover here? And so I think it's another movie that kind of would reward another watching, and I would totally watch it again. And Todd Field's got a new movie coming out yes. in October, Tar, with Tar, uh, Kate right. Blanchett will be mm-hmm. the star of that. That'll be a third movie from Todd Field in like 20 yeah. years. Wait. Weird, yeah. weird career. Um, another honorable mention, which definitely probably should have made it into my top five, but didn't, is Letters from Iwo Jima. Hmm. We've done a movie, we've done an episode about this. I think it's very sympathetic. It's not preachy. There's a moment that is one of my favorite of the year um, where the two, you know, general and soldier are on the beach and they're talking about riding horses. And there's this kind of like pure joy on their faces. You know, they're like, they're connecting over something, but yet they're about to die as is everybody, all the other soldiers on that Island. And, um, that, that, I don't know, there, there's this, there's this great sense of doom that, um, gives a, a great weight to everything that happens in the movie. And I, I think it's, it's just very well done. It's probably my, I don't know if it's my favorite Eastwood movie, but it might be. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's a big one. That's yeah. big words. Yeah. And, um, that horse is kind of like the one beautiful thing. Yeah on that island right the whole island the sand is black the yep. he, he uses a very very muted color palette yep. in filming it but also eastwood got a director nom for that and i kind of feel like it's for this slash flags for the whole project could be the ambitious project award goes to clint eastwood yeah um it, it reminded me actually of the horse that appears in jarhead Mm, yeah, you know that was also one of my favorite moments. I don't know what it is about horses. Maybe you're a horse guy. Maybe I'll love War Horse when we get to watch that one. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, okay, so here's my top five. Number five is Children of Men. This one marched up and down my top five list. It could have been number one at different times. I think there's a lot of room for rearranging these, but um, there's something that felt a little bit detached compared to some of the other ones. I'm looking forward to rewatching it. I love how. Um, Quaron is telling the story that is so obviously like the story of the nativity of the birth of Christ, but yet it's, it, it's so far removed at the same time that mm. it just, it just invites a lot of questions and interesting um, comparisons. Yeah. It's a very complex movie, open ending. I like that. Number four is the queen. I think Helen Mirren's character is one of the best characters that I saw on the screen. Um, she's trying to stay detached preserve her legacy her you know that totally conservative you know crown defense of the crown um but yet she is forced to kind of you know apologize and accept some almost shame of the crown um so i thought that was uh i, I thought that that character was just so compelling and i it's it was one of those movies where you forget that it's a movie and um just sympathize with the character it's a good one yeah. michael sheen was great in it um, another, More biopics like this, and I'd be yeah, a happier person. Right on. Another movie that, um, or this is another one where my, one of my favorite moments was in this movie, and it was the stag. I don't know. Maybe I, I like horses You're and an animal deer. lover. I, I guess mean, so. that's just that's I need to get one some, of your qualities. I need to get some dogs, some pets. <laughs> you can have one of mine. <laughs> <laughs> I would say it's kind of a simple ending, closed ending. Um, yeah. Didn't totally dig the ending really, but it was it was a strong character study. My number three movie is The Pursuit of Happiness, mm. Will Smith. Uh, I like movies about trying to make a living. Cinderella Man was a favorite of 
last year, I think, um, for similar reasons. I, there's not very many movies that are this type of father-son movie. You know, uh, it's Will Smith and his real-life son. Um, and uh, seeing, like, a father who is portrayed in such a positive, inspiring way, I, I don't know. It, I mean, it connected with me. I'm a father of five, so maybe that's partly what makes me, you know, sympathize so much with what he's going through there. But his drive to succeed um, against all the odds, you know, it's like a homeless man becomes great stockbroker. stockbroker. Um, there's a lot of, it's a very traditional kind of structurally, it's kind of predictable, but I think that it kind of, just like Little Miss Sunshine, which is my number two movie, um, so many bad things just stack up and it just keeps going downhill, downhill, downhill. It can't catch a break. And it keeps going so long into that movie that it builds its own sort of tension to it um, until this barely little ski jump ending at the end that that gives it a happy kind of conclusion. Mm. Um, But again, performances by an actor that's uh you know makes you laugh and cry and root for him all the way will smith is pretty magnetic in this movie two questions yeah did you ever feel like it was capitalist propaganda no i didn't i mean he wants to i mean he's a victim in so many ways he's homeless he the landlord is fighting him he can't he can't catch a break. So in way in that way it's like showing how the system is not really helping all the little guys. Um how do you get ahead? You work harder and and you know pick yourself up by your bootstraps, you're yeah. saying? Sounds pretty capitalist. Uh <laughs> question number two is was there was there ever I am a, I, I I am okay with capitalist system, by the way. So <laughs> that doesn't sound like an insult to me. <laughs> uh we talked about this on Facebook also. Yeah. But did you ever um were you ever iffy about picking this movie because of Will Smith's no current uh drama? You know, did you ever feel like this is the standing ovation um, after the crime <laughs> thing. I mean, you know that I I try to always separate yeah, yeah. art from artists and all that kind of thing. But I, 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 I do but too. you did bring it up, so I wonder if that was actually on your mind or if you were kind of. Um... No, this is not a way to help Will Smith feel better about his slap uh, to give him third place in my top five. <laughs> but I'm sure he would appreciate it. If he I mean, did if you ever listening. did you ever think that you wanted to demote? the movie no okay definitely okay. didn't feel like i needed to demote it actually i i saw this and i just think like there are people who you would be happy to watch act in anything for a couple hours you know this is a star vehicle will smith movie yeah, yeah. it's his serious role it's you know the 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 image of like will smith with like he's starting to weep and he's trying to stay strong keep his jaw firm and face like long odds I mean, I just totally buy that. You know, it, his delivery is is just it's so perfect in this movie. Um and he was nominated for best actor, I think is deserving. Number 2 for me is Little Miss Sunshine. Uh we've done an episode about this. I think that 
also some of the most impactful characters of the year. Alan Arkin won Best Supporting Actor, but I think Greg Kinnear is great in this movie. Tony Collette. Paul Dano is great. Abigail Breslin, one of the best child actor performances of all time, in my humble opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, Steve Carell. Like, I think that that whole ensemble is... is uh, I'm just there with them in every moment. And it won Best Original Screenplay, which is a big deal to me. I think, um, you know, having the best written movie is uh, is quite uh, an accomplishment. Of course, this is the Oscars, which we don't always agree with. But in this case, I'm okay with it winning Best best uh, Original Screenplay. It's kind of a simple ending, um, quasi-closed. You know, they ha- they do have some things to work out at the end, but, you know, it's 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 made... The ending is not my favorite um, of the year, but I think that it's, it, it's, it's really well done. Um, number one movie to me is Paul, uh, Pan's Labyrinth. Nice. It was another one that I could see it bouncing around the top five, but after rewatching that, that beginning again, kind of giving it another chance. Now they know what to expect. I think it's one that definitely rewards you. It won best cinematography. Guillermo Navarro won best cinematography for it. And I think that I appreciated a lot of the shots more on the, the rewatch, um, you know, following that kind of like stick bug, walking stick bug that turns into fairies yeah. going in and out. And you're always, I, I still feel, even though Guillermo del Toro himself said that the the fantasy world was real in the movie, I think there's still enough question there. You know, you can't really trust the artist, right? You have to go with what the actual product is, what the art is. Yeah. I think there's still enough question there that, um, you can reread, you can read it in multiple ways. And I think that that's a positive thing in a movie. Um, the originality is kind of, maybe it's just the most original movie of the year. Um, and that kind of was another, another, uh, reason for it being up there. So when we did our episode yeah. on Pan's Labyrinth, I asked you to rank that and Nightmare Alley. You yeah. put Nightmare Alley above it, but this is your number one of the year, which yeah. complicates it. So I'm wondering, are you having <laughs> second thoughts and are you realizing that Pans should be above <laughs> Nightmare Alley or are you still... Actually, I would have to... I would have... To, I, I thought about this. I didn't really anticipate you would ask me and challenge me in mm-hmm. such a pub- public way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I did think comparing it to um, Nightmare Alley and I still feel like Nightmare Alley is even better than this movie, even though I did really like it. Um, there's something about that beginning, like, I don't know, the sense of dread, I keep bringing that up. Maybe that's one of my themes of the year, you know, with Children of Men, this, um, uh, I guess there's some of that in Venus, like, you know what's going to happen. But with uh, that beginning of Nightmare Alley, burning house, body dragged in underneath, there's something really... Uh, really spooky and I, th- I think that sets up the movie in, in a pretty remarkable way. Hmm. Um, that's not the only reason I would like it, but so I'll, I'll, I will say throw out one more movie that I just recently watched actually two of them. One that I recently watched inside man, mm-hmm. you insisted that I watch it mm-hmm. and then it didn't make your top five or your top 10. It's in my top 10. Is I, it? I didn't oh. give my honorables. Thank you very much. <laughs> It, let's all let's pump the brakes here I on the accusations. I <laughs> <laughs> what is this show for if not for wild <laughs> accusations? Um, I think that Inside Man had a lot of great surprises in it. Yeah. Um, it reminded me of the kind of thrill ride with some intrigue that uh, uh, 
um, uh, Panic Room. No, is it Panic Room? No, not Panic Room. Panic Room is a movie. Yeah, yeah. For sure. From like 02. Yeah. Um, it kind of reminded me of that movie, like the fun, but also the kind of, there, there's, there's plenty of surprises. There's good acting performances. Another one, similar to the Will Smith comment, I could watch Denzel Washington in practically anything. Yeah, I think that yeah. he just, he just, he just kills it. I, I think he's so good. And on that post 9-11 thing I bring up mm-hmm. often, yeah, this movie is explicit. Yes, there's a lot of that. that and that how one. the media sort of has, has changed and what it's about yeah. since that and, um, yeah, I mean, Clive Owen's character uses that as a weapon he, he in, in his whole plan. My other honorables, um, The Queen, Casino Royale, Inside Man, Click, of course. Of course. And The Prestige. Yeah. And Borat, kind of. I mean, that's it's not in my 10, but, it, but it's in there. I didn't get back around to rewatching Borat, and I wish I did. I also, I only got through half of The Last King of Scotland. Have you seen that? I have, yeah. I was very pleasantly surprised I think that Forrest, the reason I wanted to see it is because Forrest Whitaker won Best Actor for it. Yeah, and I he's thought, great. you he's know, great. I got I to gotta at least see what, what's there. And I was really impressed with that. I think James McAvoy is great in it too. And I'm looking forward to uh, finishing that, but I can't really weigh in on it because I didn't finish it. So, Oscar kicks. Oscar kicks. All right. So I think The Fountain needs to have been nominated for Art Direction. Hmm. Yeah. And the fact that it wasn't makes me very angry. Does it? Um, get Pirates of the Caribbean or Good Shepherd out of there. Um, also, I also already mentioned original score. I think it should be in that category. Children of Men, cinematography, directing, get it in there. Um, and Jesus Camp lost Best Documentary to An Inconvenient Truth. Why? Mm, Do you have any... It's too inconvenient? Because Inconvenient Truth is so important. <laughs> Jesus Camp is his leader. It's a little flight of fancy, but Inconvenient Truth, we're talking climate change. Mm-hmm. So it lost. But in Jesus Camp is fantastic love it i could see for sure children of men getting also art direction over the good shepherd i mean the that that post-apocalypse world yeah, is is yeah. pretty pretty cool uh environments there i only really have one that i'm going to uh to, to kick and that is i'm going to kick mark Wahlberg Ooh. from the departed whoa, whoa. in favor of brad pitt for Babel, I think he was. Huh. I think he was great. Maybe it's because I, you know, the man crush on. I'm revealing all my man crushes here because they've given him some Will wrinkles Smith, and give him some grays. Brad Pitt. No, I think those are probably all a little more gravitas. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're winding down our 99th episode. If you count the prestige that we're going to record later, I'm sorry if I oh, gave that away. Man. A peek behind the curtain. Sorry about that. That's. Um, Unforgivable. So yeah, that's exciting. Thank you for uh, listening in for all these years, six years, seven years. It's a lot of a lot of years, <laughs> a lot of miniseries. Um, so I don't know what we're doing to celebrate hundredth episode. I don't know. We haven't really decided yet. We'll we'll maybe do nothing and just be enthusiastic that episode. That could be. Um, or maybe we'll talk about the Grammys. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm not so sure about that. Um, the horror report. <clears throat> for 2006 i think it's worth bringing up a quick horror report because okay. i like to talk sure. about the state of the horror union every year kind of <laughs> there are some good ones this year and i include pan's labyrinth in that the descent pan's labyrinth and <clears throat> horror yeah there's oh. enough there's enough horror in pan's labyrinth to make it complicated yes bong joon ho he went on to win best picture for parasite he made made the the host this year, which is a good one. James Gunn goes on to make Guardians of the Galaxy. He's a huge guy now, and he makes Slither this year. And Monster House. 
a good little kids horror movie that gets little tykes into the genre. You got to appreciate that. <laughs> there are also some bad ones, like there are remakes for The Omen and The Hills Have Eyes, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and Amityville. That thing's still going strong. But compared to the last few years where I just kept talking about like, we're in a downturn now, or this is all, you know, sequels and remakes and all this garbage. Um, I think things are changing a little bit. Hostel so also comes out Mon- this year. Monster House is helping you to see that it's better. I like things Mon- are going better. I, listen, <laughs> The Descent, The Host, Slither, uh, and Pan's Labyrinth. That's some that's some good horror quality mm-hmm. this year. And Hostel, which I'm not really a big fan of. I don't love the whole torture porn thing, mm-hmm. but it is another new voice in the conversation. And when you when we're getting away from remakes and sequels, that's a good thing. And just looking ahead, 2007, we have like Paranormal Activity coming out that brings on a whole new thing and Wreck in the Orphanage. These are all other original titles. So the times, they are changing, Brian. (laughs) It's happening. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that for the the horror union. (laughs) We want to hear from you. Let us know what you think on Facebook and Twitter. We're at Best Picture This. And uh, we're find our episodes on Spotify and Apple and bestpicturethis.com, wherever you listen. Uh, for 16 years of Golden Takes, head over to Letterboxd slash Mike Cavalieri. There are so many sites, so many places to find us. There are, but you've already found us. So now that you found us, go to patreon.com slash bestpicturethis for some more surprises. And thanks to WNZF and the illustrious Mark Gilliland for producing. Also, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. You can mark it down on your greatest movies of all time list, the best picture of 2006. The Labyrinth. Chicken!